On episode 243 of the Jeep Talk Show, more groundbreaking in Toledo, Ohio, and a farmer in the UK uses his Jeep to stop criminals, plus step-by-step LED headlight adjustment instruction. We have lots of voicemails, listener emails, and Tammy talks valve stem replacement. Nate talks extreme, and I talk suspension lifts, gears, and transfer cases. Oh no, Tony, my Wrangler thinks she's a Cherokee. I'm heading to therapy. (laughs) And it looks like the Jeep color war is on. Ooh, red Jeeps are sexy. (laughs) You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. First week in G. Detroit Manufacturing Systems, LLC, broke ground on Wednesday on a 102,000-square-foot factory in Toledo that will produce instrument clusters for the next-generation Jeep Wrangler. The plant, built on environmentally remediated land that once housed the sprawling factory where the former's Willys Overland first produced the Willys MB during World War II. This plan is expected to employ at least 140 people initially by the summer of 2017. The Jeep Parkway site, located along the busy I-75, produced Jeeps until 2001. The former plant was demolished in 2010, with the exception of the historic smokestack with Overland written in the embedded black brick. Because of its history, the 80-acre site is considered hallowed ground to many Jeep enthusiasts, and is viewed by an estimated 125,000 passing motorists a day. MS said it hoped to expand the workforce in Toledo by an additional 100 people by mid-2020. DMS was formed in 2012, and at its plant in the Gateway Industrial Center in Detroit, DMS supplies cockpits, instrument and door panels, and center consoles to dozens of Ford programs, including the F-150 Pickup, Expedition, Explorer, Focus, Mustang, and Taurus. A, a farmer in the UK who found thieves on his property early in the morning blocked off his road with his Jeep to prevent them from driving off in their van. With their break-in thwarted, one of the group then threatened the farmer by telling him he would return the next day to blow up his Jeep and (laughs) smash in his face. The judge sentenced the thieves to six months and four months, respectively, in jail and disqualified them from driving for 12 months. Tony, that just doesn't seem like enough of a penalty for Jeep bashing comments. It's smash my face is fine, but leave the Jeep alone. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. A big thanks to all of you who can help contribute by submitting stories to This Week in Jeep. If you have something you think we should report on or you have a response to any one of our stories, make sure you let us know by sending an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. Who are you going to call? So when you want to call, you dial that number. It's the Jeep Talk Show Call-In Show with Tammy and Tony. Hey, thanks for joining us on the first episode of the Jeep Talk Call-In Show. 
This is where you get a chance to call in live and talk directly to Tony and myself. Hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. How's it going? It's Nate. I'm calling with a headset on my laptop. Hello. How are you doing? That is a PAG freak. How I you thought doing? so. Uh, this is Rick from Hot and Muggy, Florida. Nice. <laughs> oh, yuck. Oh, okay. That's like a Super Croc reference where he's talking about the mosquitoes being the state bird. Jeep is off-road. Jeep is about the journey. Jeep has a great story. A story that I want to tell. I'm a voiceover talent, and I'm going off-road with a grassroots marketing campaign to voice for Jeep. Want to join me on the ride? I could sure use the company. Please tag Jeep. Post a link to kb4jeep.com. Add a message and use the hashtag MyJeepStory. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, and your listeners for your support along this crazy journey. See you on the social media trail. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. So we'll be talking more about uh, the Jeep Talk call-in show uh, during the show here. A little, little plug here and there, but... Uh, uh, put together that little video uh, so that you guys could, uh, if, if you haven't watched it or listened to it yet, then give you a little idea of what to expect. It looks a lot like this tonight with this Tammy and I, because yeah. uh, uh, we're doing the show much earlier than uh, 10 p.m. Central Time so that more people uh, will have the opportunity during the week to call in. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, Josh is not uh, available since he's over on the West Coast. He's not available uh, at 8 p.m. I think technically he could be, but he would really be pressing it and because the, uh, I think he drives like an hour or two hours right. home from work and uh, over there in, in that part of the, the country, uh, you can't really predict uh, what the traffic's going to be. So the safest thing was just to have uh, Tammy and I uh, do the, uh, the call-in show. And, uh, but jo- Josh may join us from time to time as, as he can. And Josh is taking a little night off tonight. So it'll be Tony and I. Yep, yep. So... Not a big problem there, uh, and uh, but actually we do have one other member of the yep. uh, Jeep Talk Show team joining us uh, through a recording. Uh, it's going to be Nate with SBC or SBWBcrawler dot com. I always want to say like Southwestern Bell because uh, <laughs> I see that SWB and I think of the old uh, right. Ma Bell phone system that we had down here. Uh, but anyway, uh, he's going to uh, answer the question uh, or maybe create more questions in the process about what is extreme. Hey guys, gals, and fellow Jeep enthusiasts. This is Nate from SWB Crawler with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. So uh, recently, Tony and I had a little bit of a conversation about uh, you know just where the segment is going and whatnot, and uh, it came to the, the question of what exactly is extreme? What makes Wrangler Extreme different from Wrangler Talk? So I thought I would think about that just a bit and uh, maybe just record a segment on what it is that I think makes... Uh, an extreme Wrangler versus just a plain old Wrangler. So um, I've heard other podcasts approach the same subject, and uh, everybody seems to come to the same conclusion, that the build of your Jeep is what makes you extreme. And I kind of disagree with that. And maybe this sounds a little self-serving, because uh, as a lot of you have heard, I don't exactly have an enormously built Jeep. Uh, But I have in the past, and I think that uh, my experience qualifies me to be extreme, right? So obviously the build can't be it. After all... um, you guys have seen Tammy's Jeep, and maybe you've seen my Jeep, but I'll, I'll put it this way. If the two of us drove to the mall parking lot and parked next to each other, and uh, both left our vehicles, and they were just sitting there, and some passerby happened to look at the two, they'd probably judge Tammy's Jeep to be more extreme than mine. Uh, she's got a newer vehicle. It's uh, 
a Rubicon. It's got lockers. Uh, it's certainly got larger tires and a larger suspension lift. Uh, my Jeep, by comparison, is actually pretty small. But if you see the two of us on the trail, no offense, Tammy, but uh, even she said after we visited <laughs> AOA together that she was impressed at what I, what I was able to get that vehicle through. And uh, I think that right there is what makes extreme. So that brings up the question, what makes my driving style more extreme than, say, Tammy's or any other uh, new Jeepers driving style? And I think what it comes down to is uh, confidence and maybe not just confidence, but a willingness to try new things and to push the limits of your vehicle. The reason my Jeep isn't very tall and running 37s yet is because, well, A, budget, I mean, that's a big deal, and B, because I'm enjoying just pushing the limits of what that vehicle can do. Now, my Jeep is an 05 LJ. Um, it's only got an inch and three-quarter spacer lift. Uh, the suspension is otherwise almost completely stock, and it performs really well. And because of that, I don't feel like I need to rush out and get a huge lift, but I will when it when I feel like I've surpassed the uh, the capabilities of the vehicle and I'm no longer entertained or I'm no longer enjoying the vehicle. Um, I do have a plan for where the vehicle's going, but uh, for now, I'm really enjoying it. I think that a willingness to test the limits of the vehicle you're in and not just sitting on the sidelines waiting for 60s and 37-inch tires before you decide to go hit the trails is what makes uh, a wheeler. So if being extreme isn't based solely on your vehicle or how deep your pockets are, then I guess the point is, being extreme is more of a mindset. If you have the confidence to get out there and enjoy your vehicle in its current state, and the confidence that you might be able to just fix whatever breaks because things are going to break, that is what makes you extreme. I think enjoying your vehicle and getting out there and just wheeling what you got to the best of your ability and to the best of the vehicle's ability is what makes an extreme Wrangler. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me while I ramble on about what I think might be extreme. If you want to chat about this topic or if you just want to tell me I'm wrong, go ahead, find me on social media. Uh, just look for SWB Crawler on Facebook or uh, at SWB Crawler on Twitter or SWB Crawler on Instagram or uh, any social media platform you can think of, really. Uh, also, look up my website, swbcrawler.com. Thanks. Well, great, Nate. We really appreciate that. And uh, I think you posed a, an excellent question there, Tammy. Uh, the only thing I could say is for the purpose of the show, how would you go about uh, giving people that are listening an extreme Wrangler experience? I mean, how would you how would you articulate that if it's about driving? It's almost like you'd have to have them out on the trail and show them what extreme uh uh, driving is right and you know i i agree with him to i agree with him however for me <laughs> but i would love i would love to do the extreme part and i know my stock rubicon could have done oh yeah a lot of those blue trails however i don't know how to fix it i don't have the money to fix it and it's my daily driver so if I w could have a Jeep, a stock Jeep, I would have loved to try all those blue trails with it because I know it could do it. Mm -hmm. um, I just financially, that would have been a pretty stupid, you know, yeah. part. And, you know, uh, for me, doing the green trails was fun. It just was kind of like I've, I tackled all that. And the only way for me to get to the next level of trails was to lift my Jeep. Uh, so I would not ever apologize for lifting or modifying the Jeep because right. the number one reason, uh, well, I don't say reason, the number one enjoyment of uh, the Jeep is 
Um, I'm, I'm still not saying this correctly. It's not the number one enjoyment. It's very one of the enjoyable to modify the Jeep, to make it right. your own. Even though you're doing something similar to what other people have done, you're now distancing your Jeep from all the other stock Jeeps. Right. I'm I'm extreme from the ones that are maintaining their stock vehicles. So in, in a way, you're becoming extreme because you're doing things that are outside the the, the norm or are outside the safe thing to do because it's dangerous. For Jeep moms. <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous to do uh, to, to lift a Jeep and put bigger tires. There are problems that come with that. There's uh, research to be done. You don't just go down and uh, throw somebody your credit card and say, you know, put the $40,000 uh, on that credit card and give me everything I need. I mean, uh, uh, nothing against you, and we'll have a bit of a discussion about this later on. You bought a Rubicon. Uh, I look at it from the other standpoint where you, you get not uh, the one that's built from the factory, completely built from the factory. You get one that doesn't have all the bells and whistles, and you add that stuff to it. I think you get a better Jeep because you get better um, aftermarket stuff on the Jeep mm-hmm. than what Jeep provides. And the biggest benefit is uh, you know how it goes together because you either did it yourself or you went through the research to find out how it had to be done so right. you could make sure it was done right. Hey, that's just my opinion. And uh, that's what I, if, uh, like I said, we'll talk a bit, a bit more about that here and uh, right. later on the show. I, and I think another point too is I think you become a better off-road driver when you start stock and you learn the capabilities of your Jeep and yourself and you build an, upon that instead of just going straight out and, driving a lifted jeep yeah well, I, and i always discourage, discourage everybody from buying a lifted jeep because you don't know uh how the modifications were made you don't know what was done to it how it was driven off road uh and I, I think it's just fun making the modifications yourself and putting the things on there that that you really enjoy agree you're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast Yes, you are. This is uh, the Jeep Talk Show, and we're a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Uh, so if you visit 4x4radionetwork.com, uh, you'll learn more about the 4x4 podcast, Center Steel podcast, and Trail Chasers podcast. So just go over to uh, 4x4radionetwork.com. You'll find uh, all of our shows over there, and you can just pick whichever one you like, press play. You could spend days there. There is so much 4x4 radio information. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up and so shut up. You don't shut up. Man, shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, folks, you know, I installed my new LED headlights, and it was time to make sure they were aligned properly. And a lot of folks were telling me it's best to get a professional to do this, but I wanted to try it myself because it really didn't seem that difficult. So here's what I did, and you can check out some pictures on my blog at www.jeepmama.com. So step one is to find a flat location at least 35 feet because you have to consider the length of the Jeep in that. I had to use the inside of my garage wall because my driveway sits at a slant and it would skew my test. So step two is pull the Jeep as close to the wall as possible. And since I really didn't have a wall that was you know, free of stuff, I used my green screen in the garage. So step three, with some tape, I 
put two crosses on the wall that corresponded with the vertical and horizontal center lines of both headlights. Headlights, And mine measured about 42 inches tall, being that I was lifted. And step four, I moved the back, the Jeep 25 feet from the wall, keeping it straight with the crosses. Then I examined the light pattern. Now, the concentrated light beam, I'm told, should be in the lower right section of those crosses. So then step two, using the Torx 15 screw, I adjusted the vertical screw. And I made several, several turns um, to get it to the correct spot. So my last step is to hit the road in the neighborhood at dark which is very hard now that the sun sets later because I'm usually in bed by that time, is to make sure I'm not going to be blinding anyone. Now, I've heard on some JKs they have a place to adjust the horizontal. And in my video on YouTube of my headlight install, I point out where this is. It's in the center ring, but you have to remove the headlight to get to it. I was also told that only the JKs made overseas have this screw. But the ones that are made here in the U.S., we can add an aftermarket screw to the, where this hex bolt is. And I just found out tonight from a listener of the Jeep podcast, Rick M., that it's called the Mopar Euro Headlamp Adjuster Screw. And there's a little video that shows how this is done. And I made my purchase of this $2 screw and hopefully... I, It'll be here in the next two days or so, so I can test that out, so I could move the horizontal beam a little bit more towards the curb end of my Jeep, so I'm not blinding the, the other drivers. So anything you want to add about this or any other thing I talk about, I'd love to hear from you. Just email me at info at jeeptalkshow.com and use the subject line Wrangler Talk. Boy, I almost got caught. I was over there chatting in the, uh, the chat room. I was <laughs> Getting ready to call you out. <laughs> yeah, over there uh, uh, talking to people in the chat room. If you don't, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, if you never have come to the show live, uh, every Thursday night, 10 p.m., uh, we broadcast live uh, jeeptalkshow.com, and uh, you can uh, watch and listen uh, to our broadcast. And there's a, a chat room uh, right below that where uh, several uh, of the uh, the members uh, of the audience will. Uh, chat with us and uh, much of the time I don't have time to do it but uh, I saw a couple of comments in there that I wanted to try to stir up a few things one of the things uh, that I mentioned was all the all the cool people have winches because Tammy needs a winch on her jeep and I was reminded that she was uh, she told us last week that she doesn't need a winch because she's not going to get stuck and we just laughed and laughed I know I'm knocking on wood again (laughs) so anyway you guys should uh, check us out for the live show uh, I think uh, I think the, they have more fun in the chat room than we have on the show, which seems seems impossible. <clears throat> so that's interesting. Now, is there really uh, that much of an advantage to putting another screw in there? I mean, I would think that if it if it's not needed, you know how those Euro people are. They want everything just precisely things you know done exactly some weird way. Uh, I mean, you got two screws to adjust already, right? Well, I just have one screw in each of the headlights. Oh, and that okay. just that just adjusts, you know, the vertical, the up and down. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the pictures, you can tell that the light is concentrated more towards my driver's side. Interesting. 
I would I would um, think it wouldn't be that way because of oncoming uh, uh, people coming down the highway. Right. Well, and I don't think when they um, lifted my Jeep, I don't think they ever readjusted my headlights for that. Oh, probably not. I would be surprised S- if they did. Right. So I think I need to move my headlights more a little bit towards the passenger side. So I think this horizontal screw will help. But I'm going to have to take that plastic, I'm going to take the headlights out, take the plastic housing ring out. There's some other plastic screws in there I'm going to have to remove and then put this um, other torque screw in and then adjust them. If I could make an alternate suggestion, because I think this would be a lot more fun, leave the headlights as they are. Don't worry about adjusting them. And then add at least a half million lumens of LED lighting to the front of your Jeep so that if people flash you, you hit the button and, right. and you can see not only them and everything in the car, but also to any offspring they're going to have years right. down the road. Right. <laughs> you do that uh, often enough, people will stop flashing. You go, hey, nope, right. no problem. Oh, there she is again. <laughs> That's okay. You go right ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding, people. Anyway, uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, you 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 know the this you talk more about your LED headlights this week. Of course, you've been on one of those multi-show uh, uh, rants about things, tire pressure and right. stuff. Although tire pressure was a was a big item, there was a lot of people yeah. out there with uh, s- with ideas about tire pressure. Which I'm doing another chalk test here. They, I went well. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Okay. I could go on and on. So uh, since we're talking about your LED headlights, uh, I, I, <laughs> I know a couple of weeks ago, Cody and I uh, spoke to you about your LED headlights, you installing these LED headlights, and the possibility of the wiring melting, burning, and killing everyone. Uh, oh my a, God, I was so paranoid. I kept checking my garage every couple hours. Killing everyone in the 50 square mile radius. Now, of course, you understand the headlights have to be on for the wires to get hot, right? Yeah, I know. All right. So unless you left the headlights on, you didn't have to check it. Anyway, uh, a concerned listener wrote in to edumacate us. And for the, f- <laughs> for, for the time of the show, we have edited uh, this very lengthy and detailed email. And actually, I think uh, this gentleman is uh, in our uh, chat room tonight. So Rick M. out of Ohio uh, starts Jeep Talk Show. I was enjoying the misinformation about uh-huh. Tammy's JKU headlight voltage and amps in this show. Uh, Tammy has wisely chosen to replace the stock headlamps with new LED ones that will offer more light and draw less amps, which is current. She does not need to worry that her Jeep will (laughs) go up in flames as a result of doing this. Somebody always has to spoil the fun with facts and logic. Uh, (laughs) While the... um, While the JKU does have a 12-volt battery, the headlights do not operate on 12 volts. Something called a TIPM uses a pulse width modulated signal. The result is that the lights get approximately 8 volts of power sent to them in pulses rather than a constant 12 volts. This increases bulb life and reduces fuel consumption probably on the order of 1 to 2%. For incandescent bulbs, this, uh, this is a great trick as the bulb won't start to dim before the next pulse of power is received. For LEDs, on the other uh, on the other hand, uh, it doesn't work the same. So that's why you get a flicker with some LED lights. It's not just as simple as it was in the old days. Hope this clears uh, things up uh, on the uh, headlight operation of the JKU. 
So I really appreciate that information. And I don't know if you guys recall, I think I talked about this uh, in an earlier episode. The LED headlights that I got from my Jeep were so freaking bright that uh, the FAA was sending me letters uh, about me driving uh, at night uh, within, oh, <laughs> within 10 miles of an airport. So uh, I had to uh, do a little investigation and found that I needed to uh, get one of these pulse modulated width or pulse uh, width modulated uh, doodads uh, for those LEDs so I could flicker them and basically turn them on and off rapidly. So the overall uh, effect would be that they, they looked like they were on all the time, but uh, in fact, they were dimmed down by, you know, 50 or 75%. Uh, the, the one I got, it was actually had like a little volume control and I could uh, adjust them to any level I wanted, including off. So apparently something similar goes on with the JKU and it does that like uh, Rick said here in this uh, this email that he sent to us, it does that to save the the bulb so it lasts longer, and to save uh, fuel, a very very modest amount of fuel, but still saving fuel none the same. I personally think it's ridiculous to put that much crap on a light bulb. <laughs> and Tammy, I would recommend that you look into bypassing all that stuff and go get you a, a, a harness and um, go straight to the battery from the battery to the LEDs. That way you get the 12 volts to the, uh, to the lights. Right. And, and you know, another thing too, this is probably a very good reason why your headlights were dim because they were flickering fast as it may be. And they were only, uh, you know, only getting about eight volts of electricity. You mean the stock headlights? Yes. Yeah. But well, remember, remember a bunch, a bunch of shows back where that lady from a college in Atlanta contacted me. They were doing a research project, right? And they were doing it for Jeep. Jeep had a contest, mm-hmm. and the the topic was the Wranglers headlights, and just the fact that they stink. <laughs> well, I I don't think it's anything new, and I actually I think they're probably a lot better than what the uh, the what the ones on the. Uh, the old Cherokees were. Those were uh-huh. very dim. TJ's as well. Uh, and, oh, I'm sorry. If I didn't already say it, uh, Rick, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, send us that uh, that email. And like I said, it was very long and very detailed, uh, which uh, we just didn't have time to read the whole thing. So hopefully I got the uh, uh, the basic just- idea uh, from the email uh, out. We really appreciate everybody sending us in information, especially when we have an opportunity to learn something new. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? We'd like to know. Give us a call at 530-675-4102. Doesn't have to be true. Just shocking and funny would be great. <laughs> hey, Bars. I'm Clyde, and this is Tommy. From the Runhouse. You're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Cheers. If you guys don't know about uh, Clyde and Tommy, the Paps Boys at the Roadhouse, uh, you need to go over to YouTube and watch one of their many very funny and informative uh, YouTube videos. 
Uh, and Tammy, I, I think you asked me the other day, not today, but you asked me the other day if I had seen uh, the video where they uh, built that, that, that challenge they're doing, uh, the junkyard build type stuff. Right. So I finally, I finally saw that. And uh, I think if, if I was the, the people in the competition, I would have waited for Paps Boys to go first. I know. <laughs> and then, I found and then outdo them. Exactly. <laughs> So I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but I'll I'll throw in this uh, uh, these words bobblehead. Now you got to go over there and watch the video. Check it out. It's it's really good. I'm uh, impressed. Funny guys uh, and yeah. and good good friends of the show. Alrighty, so uh, ooh, I like this part, Tammy. Yes, I know you do. Let's we have a couple reviews. of reviews, yes. Tony. Um. Well, they're not color coded, so uh, you know, I know. if, if so you want to like take the miss. you want to take the first one there. I mean, that's fine with me. No. Well, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yes. no, I'll do it. No, damn. I, no, no, no. The no. hell with you. Oh, I'm going to do it. The first one is from Twitter, right? <laughs> no, 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 the, no. The first one we didn't have Facebook. any for Twitter. Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, for Twitter. Facebook. It's a review. Sean Caldwell reviewed the Jeep Talk Show. Gave us five stars. This was yesterday at about nine twenty four in the morning. Love the show! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! It's Great almost like a Jeep show. grill. There's almost, I think, there's like almost seven uh, exclamation there marks there. Yeah. <laughs> Great show, full of good info and tons of quality ent- entertainment. I do a lot of driving in Texas, where there is no cell reception for work, and always download at least four episodes to listen to on the way. P.S. Beep! Jeeps are mostly definitely sexy. Ooh, red Jeeps are sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, So uh, (laughs) Sean's getting into the fun there, uh, Tammy. You see what he did there? Yes. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Sean. We really appreciate that review. And uh, man, I just love hearing that, that uh, on that long drive that you uh, you listen to four shows. you know, I I enjoy listening to the shows, and I, that was kind of the marker for me. Uh, and actually, Josh, whenever uh, it was just uh, Josh and I doing the show, uh, we would say, you know, we're not getting a lot of downloads, but if I can listen to the show and I enjoy it, <laughs> you know, even though I was I lived it, I think it's a good show. I think it's fun. I mean, uh, I don't like. Um, well, there's two things I don't like doing when I'm when I'm driving to work. I don't like uh, using my signals because I don't want to give away my strategy. And I don't like laughing while I'm driving because I don't think any, anybody thinking I'm friendly. <laughs> you just, you know, you see that big red Jeep behind them and they, I'm going to move out of the way. So, uh, but I start laughing uh, quite often. And uh, a lot of the times it's uh, something that Tammy has said or something that Josh has said or a reaction of either one of them to some silliness I've come up with. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So let's get over to uh, this comment that we have uh, from Facebook. I thought this was uh, this was kind of funny, uh, actually. So Zach Koch from the Topless and Dirty Jeep Club, it's a closed Facebook group, uh, he sent to us, hey, we allow Ted McAfee, uh, you know him as PA Jeep Freak, uh, and, and our uh, only uh, JTS social media engineer. I had to think of something to throw there at the end. I came up with engineer. Uh, we allow Ted McAfee to advertise y'all show in our group and it, we and would love for y'all to join if you want and would love to get a shout out on the show sometimes. Thanks. So Zach, there's your shout out. 
and we appreciate you giving uh, Ted a, a home as uh, a social media home, and uh, he can talk a little bit about the show. Now, um, I don't think that they they have any dirty girls over there. It's just topless and dr- dirty Jeep club. Now they do have a, a nice looking young lady sitting on a Jeep, uh, but uh, on an orange Jeep. Yeah, but okay. I I don't want to. I'm already I'm already part. Are you? Okay. Well, I don't think a lot of people know uh, know our names uh, or our full names. But I joined uh, right. and uh, I was uh, accepted in. Uh, so I thought I was going to have to give the uh, the special uh, Jeep Talk Show handshake or something but to get approved. But uh, no no problems there. So we always appreciate the uh, the reviews. And uh, I made a, a bit of a plea before the show started for, for all you folks out there that use iTunes to listen to us. Uh, please take the time to give us re- uh, another iTunes review. We haven't seen one since uh, mid-July, and uh, it's just uh, it's just lonely on iTunes when you don't see regular reviews. It's just uh, fun to, to see them. Also, too, if you've uh, already given us a review, and maybe it was a year or two years ago, hey, it's time to do it again. Shows changed a lot in that time, and uh, just take a few moments and, and give us another review. Five stars, of course. Hey, and Tony mentioned earlier about our Jeep Talk call-in show every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern. Tony and I get together and we do a little 30 minutes call-in where we pick a subject of the night and we want you to call us. So join us next Tuesday night at jeeptalkshow.com. Give us a call on the number on the screen, and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, the number that you'll see on the screen whenever uh, we, we have the show going. Uh, it's just a, a little um, a little talk show that we do, and, it, and Tammy mentions 30 minutes. We do try to keep it to a half hour, but we had so many people call in uh, this last Tuesday, I was forgetting to even watch the time. Right. I was, it was a good time. Yeah, I was waiting for the next caller. I was watching the little uh, the app that we have that, that shows us when people have called in. And I was looking over there, going, "Oh, where's the next caller? Where's the next caller?" And then uh-huh. I glanced at the time, and I went, "Ooh, thirty-eight minutes. <laughs> We've gone over our our thirty-minute time limit." So right. we wrapped it up, but uh, it was a lot of fun. It was great hearing from new people too. Uh, we always enjoy uh, hearing uh, from from folks that uh, are long-term uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, listeners uh, and uh, contributors. But it's always fun to hear from new people because it takes a certain amount of courage. For somebody new to jump in there, they, right. I, I mean, they hear how you treat other people, but they don't know how they're going to be treated. So there's a bit of nervousness there because exactly. you, you, you don't know. So, and you know what? No question or comment is absolutely stupid. not. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. Not unless uh, Josh, I, or Tammy ask it. Right. <laughs> and then it's fair game. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you know, if you don't have time to join us on Tuesday nights, we would love to hear from you. So call our voicemail at 530-675-4102, or you can go over to the website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. Just click on the leave voicemail button. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. What's up, guys? This is Toby from Oregon Trail Off-Road. It's Friday night. I know we're supposed to call every Tuesday, but, uh, couple things I wanted to thank you guys for all the shout outs and uh, however you would word that through your talk show. We actually listened to a few of them the other night and uh, super stoked that you guys are super stoked on what we're doing. I'm stoked. Um, so first and foremost, thank you for that. Secondly, it is Friday night. It is currently 1042 in Kansas City. Uh, Jason's wife just arrived here a couple hours ago and his parents as well. 
and I'm sitting in the hotel room watching uh, the Olympics for the first time watching TV in uh, over 40 days. Wow. And uh, waiting for my wife to get here. She gets here in about an hour. So it's very much an interesting change. Uh, after we left the Ozarks um, four or five days ago, uh, we headed up to Iowa. And as far as Jeeps go, I'm sure you guys know who uh, the Yeti Built family is, uh, the Jeep called Yeti and the Wild Yellow on Instagram. Uh, we've been in contact with them for a while, and we found out that they were doing an off-road slash gun show with uh, Brownells Incorporated there in Grinnell, Iowa. And so they invited us up to that, and after the Ozarks, instead of going to explore the Mark Twain National Forest, which we realized probably wasn't going to be or wouldn't be as epic as all the river crossings, I believe we did like nine or ten river crossings and just awesome terrain. We decided to head up for that, and that was awesome. Super stoked to finally meet those guys. Um, if you don't know who they are, uh, if you're listening to this, go check out on Instagram, uh, at the Jeep called Yeti and at the Wild Yellow, partners in crime, and they were awesome. And so was everyone from uh, Brownells uh, Incorporated. So anyway, we're uh, about 10 days away from finishing. We leave Sunday from Kansas City slash Missouri area, and we're going to hit Moab and Utah and Bryce Canyon and stuff like that and take about eight or nine days to get back to Oregon and then take a week off before we uh, get back to work. So looking forward to <laughs> seeing my kids when I get there and uh, looking forward to the return trip home. And I will definitely call you guys again either this Tuesday or towards the end of the following week and give you another update. So rock on. Much appreciated, you guys, and uh, we will talk soon. That's great. You know, Brad, uh, man, <laughs> it's the, that's the North, uh, the North, uh, West coast for you. Right. Uh, it's, that's funny. I like that. Uh, that's that style of, uh, talking anyway. Uh, he mentioned Brownell Brownells. Uh, I've always, uh, you know, read it. I don't think I've ever heard it uh, pronounced before, but that's as good a pronunciation as any, uh, that I could make. So, uh, just, if you guys aren't familiar with that, uh, that place, they have a lot of good gun stuff. I actually, uh, have bought uh, several things, uh, from them. And uh, I actually built most bought most of the stuff that uh, that I used to build my Remington 700 uh, with. Uh, most recently, the uh, the trigger um, I replaced the uh, Remington trigger with a and I can't remember the model now. Well, I mean, sorry, the brand, but it's a well known brand. I did some research and uh, bought bought that uh, thing for my for my birthday last year. So you know, Tammy, I've I've put that new trigger in there. It's supposed to be a really nice trigger, and that's the the, the whole idea about shooting accurately is to make sure that the trigger has a nice, uh, crisp, uh, almost, uh, it, it scares you when it goes off because you're, it's just such a light touch. That way you're not moving the gun around, uh, pulling the trigger. And, you know, I got that really nice trigger in there and I have not gone to shoot my rifle in that in, in a year because, uh, September me. last year is whenever I, when I did that. So, um, anyway, it's great to hear these guys uh, made it all the way. And uh, if you guys uh, haven't been following the Oregon Trail Off-Road, you need to run over there to their site. Just do a, a Google search for Oregon Trail Off-Road. And uh, I think they're, they actually were going to have um, a documentary uh, coming out. And I don't know how that's going to, uh, how that'll be um, delivered, if it's going to be a YouTube or actually something on television or DVD. But uh, keep your eye on that because uh, it's going to have to be really interesting. 40 days on the Oregon Trail, uh, just uh, a couple of guys and their vehicles. So, um, and, and they had breakdowns, and I'm sure they have some beautiful scenery to share with everyone. And we really appreciate those guys calling in. Now, they said another 10 days. So the, our show was recorded on Thursday. They left that message on Friday. So that means that was almost seven days ago. So yeah, out I of think the, there are. They were on arches 
National Park 13 hours ago. Oh, okay. Well, that gives everybody an idea, uh, depending on when they're listening to this. So anyway, let's jump over to, a, uh, I believe, a new caller, and uh, quite funny. Let's, uh, let's, let's listen to Jake from California. Hi. This is Jake from California. That's what I just said. It's 4.40 a.m., and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast, just waiting <laughs> to fill a tractor up with diesel. And I heard about the poor fella that's looking at a Jeep Commander because... Oh, jeez. He lead the Boy Scout troop. I just had some input for him, two cents or maybe ten cents. Get a two-door Wrangler, doesn't matter what year, or even a CJ, and teach the Boy Scouts a valuable lesson about life. They can learn new skills like hitchhiking or walking, and they can learn about disappointment in life when they lose rock, paper, scissors and have to ride on the roof of the Jeep up to the mountains. Anyway, you guys have a good day. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think that was actually one of the comments that was uh, was made about, or maybe Josh made that comment about riding on the roof. I can't remember who made that comment. Yeah, and then he said um, that is not in this guide for safe scouting. That's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, but the kids would love it. Uh, they would, but he he would get in very big trouble. So I uh, I did receive uh, several pictures uh, from that gentleman, in, including, uh, whitefish, I believe is uh, what the van was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not have time to get it for the show tonight, but, uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to have a, a little montage of pictures. Cause there was quite a few that he sent me on, uh, on the Twitter and, uh, really appreciate that. Like, uh, so you guys uh, tune in next week so you can, uh, have a look at those. Well, let's jump over to, uh, Rob from San Antonio, Texas. Hey Jeepers. This is, uh, Rob Govencher from San Antonio, Texas. I was, uh, I guess listening to the news uh, the other night, and it uh, looks like things are getting pretty pretty rough in Louisiana with all the flooding and everything. And uh, it reminded me of an old episode where Tony kind of talked about, uh, you know, his, I guess, original uh, purpose of getting Jeep was to be able to escape the Houston area, even if there was a hurricane and whatnot. So it just kind of got me thinking, uh, maybe we can kind of chat about uh, our Jeep setups. Uh, if they are set up for that type of thing, uh, you know, bug out bags or, you know, attachment trailers or just anything along those lines. I think we'd all like to hear uh, different uh, tips, ideas, uh, things that work, things that didn't work, and uh, maybe it'll help somebody out uh, in a rough situation one of these days. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm always concerned about that after uh, Hurricane Rita uh, threatened us and uh, Rita was right after Katrina and we all remember what happened with Katrina uh, another Louisiana disaster uh, but uh, so uh, that was the, the, the reason why I uh, justified building up my Jeep and of course uh, the hobby built uh, bit me and uh, it's just spiraled out of control since then <laughs> but uh, I would love to get somebody on uh, that knows a bit about survival and especially about uh, what kind of uh, vehicle is best uh, that are even the type things that you can do to a vehicle to help get you out of an area, uh, you know, get your family out of a, a, an area of danger and hopefully into safety. Um, especially, you know, now is the, the big time of the season for hurricanes. August is the, the most active month. So if you're on uh, any of the coasts in uh, the, the, the United States, it, uh, I guess Gulf of Mexico and West Coast mainly, uh, you need to be concerned about that and uh, having enough fuel and and if you wait too long to get out, making sure that you have a vehicle that actually can get you through uh, some uh, 
down power lines, telephone poles, etc. high water. Um, so, uh, I'd love to hear from somebody. So if you're a survival type person, you have uh, some background in that, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Just, uh, give the show a call or actually just, uh, give us a, uh, shoot us an email over at info at jeeptalkshow.com. So now let's uh, hear from Mike in New Jersey. Hey guys, uh, my name is Mike. I've fallen in from New Jersey. Uh, I just recently purchased a brand new 2006 uh, JKU. Uh, bought it phone stock as I could find, and uh, it's a granite crystal, crystal granite metallic. Uh, just so you guys know, I'm not driving around in one of those crazy red Jeeps. Um, <laughs> just starting out with my build right now, um, taking it slow. Uh, working on some electrical stuff uh, just for some extra lights and so on. And uh, I just had to call in and tell you guys you're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, I love the uh, love the show. You guys have some uh, some great topics. I love the talking about cheap waves and who gives them. And I wave at anybody who will wave back. Uh, anybody who's got some uh, big knobby tires on their truck, I'll wave at. <laughs> I uh, I got a question though. I don't know. Maybe you guys can help me out. I, I know you guys were talking about uh, headlight replacements and uh, amperage and you know not burning uh, stock wiring out. My my question is this. You know I'd like to swap everything over to LED, but I'm not a fan of the look of uh, some of these JW speakers and the ones that look like that. I'm just not a fan of the look. So I was thinking about getting one of those you know LED bulb kits for the headlights uh, and, uh, you know, slapping them in there and replacing the fog lights with LEDs too. And, I, you know, I'm looking at the amperage and it looks to check out. Uh, it doesn't look like I'm going to be overloading the wiring. I'm just wondering if any of you guys have had any experience with that. Uh, Tammy, I don't know. Uh, I know you guys, you uh, got the JW speaker, I think. So uh, just wondering what you guys think. And um, just wanted to say keep up with the good work and I'll keep you posted where I'm going with my Jeep. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. So let me say real quick uh, for you guys that are going up. Oh, 2006. That's not a JK. Uh, the 2006 was the last year of the TJs. So uh, uh, Mike probably has a 2007 or later uh, if he has the JK. So um, anyway, uh, that's what I had. And uh, uh, Tammy, what? Uh, any comments on this one? You know, I'm. This is my first experience with headlights. Um, Mine are not JW speaker. Um, mine are aux beam. I'm not quite sure of the difference. Um, I like the look of mine. I think they look crisp and clean. And I just, I don't know. I just, I like the look of them. But like I said, I don't have experience with changing out the bulb part of it all. So I would love to hear if anyone else has done that. Yeah. I would advise against replacing bulbs. Uh, I, and I agree with you from the standpoint of the look of the LEDs, because we're all used to a single bright bulb and Mm -hmm. not multiple little, uh, bright Bright. emitters. So, uh, I'll, I'll tell you two things. Number one, embrace the future (laughs) because that's, that's the way the future looks. Uh, I, I, they may come out with something else, but I think this is a a lot of what we're going to see. And eventually uh, you will probably say, oh my God, why did I ever think that, you know, I wanted to keep the incandescence. That's like uh, people driving around with gas uh, uh, lamps 
on the old, old vehicles before there was headlights. So uh, it's all of what you're getting used to. I agree and, with you, though. I like the incandescent bulb uh, look. The, the round, you know, KC lights are just, you know, to me, just that that just says off-road Jeep. But, my God, there's a, such a huge difference in the amount of light coming out. So what do you want, looks or light? Right. Well, the JW speaker lights look way different than my headlights. So I would just go over to my um, blog and just take a look at them because I think there's a huge difference in the look. Yeah, that's a good uh, good point. Um, so Tony, I'm going to real quick, we had a listener email I did and it said, Tammy, I just started listening to your, the, your podcast <laughs> and enjoy it very much. I am not able to call into the live show. So I hope you might be able to help this email and then provide us some feedback on your podcast. My wife and I have been avid motorcyclists for years. Unfortunately, he had a very bad accident three weeks ago where a distracted driver pulled out in front of him. His bike was totaled, but he's very fortunate to walk away with only minor injuries as a result of this scare, they decided to sell all their motorcycles, pull the money, and special order a brand new 2017 Rubicon Hard Rock Edition JKU in billet silver, Red. I might add. Um, they're going to be replacing the order in about two weeks, and they feel very fortunate to jump into a fully loaded Jeep, but we don't want to make any novice mistakes. We did own a Grand Cherokee <coughs> Red <laughs> 20 years ago and loved it. The new Jeep needs to be an automatic so that my wife is comfortable with driving it. We would like to do a two-inch body lift to get started. It will come with 32-inch tires. Do you have any recommendations for accessories that might be helpful and to avoid mistakes? Although we have done very little off-roading, we are excited to do that in our new Jeep. It will not be our daily driver. We want to learn as much as we can and look forward to the new hobby to replace something that we will miss very much. Thank you, Eric from Springfield, Missouri. Now, Tony and I disagree a little bit here, and that's okay. That is what's so great about the Jeep community. There's so many ways to do things. Now, first I would agree with, well, Tony emailed him and then I emailed him. Tony and I both agree that to, to get a suspension lift over a body lift. Yeah. However, um, actually, I should let you do yours first, Tony. Well, that's okay. I, I, can, I can just uh, summarize it real quick. Right. I, uh, I basically said uh, I would not get a suspension. I, I would not get a body lift. I would only get a suspension lift. You can always do a body lift later if you really want to, but it that has its own uh, negative detractors, um, which uh, um, I'm, I'm, I would only do it if you really want to get a lot more clearance. And then the other thing uh, that I had said was I would seriously consider not getting a top of the line, everything uh, that uh, God ever put on a Jeep, uh, from the factory again, going back to what I had said earlier, I would get a, a lower version and uh, put a bunch of aftermarket stuff uh, to basically put it to the Rubicon level, and I believe beyond what the what you would be able to get from the factory. And you know, I told him, you know, I I you know disagree. I would I love my Rubicon the way it is. It has the four to one transfer case. Um, the Rubicon's the only one that has that. And I know Tony said you could get an aftermarket transfer case. Atlas, yeah. Um, and when I went for my Sahara to Rubicon, I could immediately tell the difference. The torque was amazing. The Rubicon also has electronic lockers, the sway bar disconnect, which I feel is really convenient. Um, and I'm not sure what kind of off-roading they plan on doing, but running the 33s on the Dany 44 axles on the Rubicon are plenty. And if you do a three to 3.5 inch lift, you'll need to at least get 35 inch tires because it's going to look really silly. 
Um, and that's all going to work if you do mild to moderate wheeling. Um, and my other suggestion is to get rock sliders if you're going to do some rock crawling. That saved my Jeep's body several times. And like Tony said, too, in the email, front bumper with good toe points, recovery should be your number one thing that you go with. Yep. And, you know, I know the Rubicon's way expensive, but for me, it was worth it with the electronic sway bar, the lockers, the transfer case, the axles. It was all awesome. And being that I wasn't very mechanically, didn't have the tools and the garage and the, the know-how and the friends to be able to do all that myself, it just was easier for me. Sure. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going that route, but they were asking for advice and uh, right. certainly wanted to uh, give them my thoughts. There's exactly. a lot, a lot of caveat caveats with that. Uh, like you were talking about tools and uh, ability, and uh, it may wind up costing you more money. Uh, just uh, FYI, and and I don't know that the Atlas fits in a uh, in a JKU, but I can't imagine why it wouldn't. Uh, it, it's a, a, a transfer case that are used in a lot of uh, uh, a lot of Cherokees, and also too, I believe in uh, the TJs. So, I, I, like I said, I can't imagine why it wouldn't, why they wouldn't have one for the JKU, but it's possible. But the Atlas, I think, is around uh, five grand. I think. Oh and wow! It's huge, heavy, bulletproof transfer case. Uh, no chain inside there. It's all gears. And uh, you're going to uh, be cutting a big, huge hole in your floor just to get the shifters, uh, the multiple levers for the shifters. And it will, it will kick your Rubicon 4 to 1 <laughs> transfer, transfer cases ass. Okay. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's the cool as thing. As long as it's not red, I'm okay with that. Well, you can paint it whatever color you like. But yeah. it's, uh, and, and, then, and then the other thing I was talking about was uh, getting some uh, pre-built uh, axles, uh, probably Danny 44s with uh, ARB or ox lockers uh, in them. And, I, and I, I seriously believe that that would be a lot better than what uh, you get from the Jeep factory. So it, it, it's, it didn't sound like they were asking, you know, should we get the Jeep that we plan on getting? They just said, you know, w- uh, accessories and stuff. Right. So uh, to answer that question directly, I had told them toe points. You want to make sure you Definitely. have toe points. And uh, you might as well replace both front and rear uh, bumpers, especially um, uh, for, you know, for the toe points, of course, but also uh, for the larger tire that goes in the back to make sure that that uh, rear bumper takes the weight of the heavier tire, the, the larger, heavier tires. And I don't see any reason if it's a Rubicon, uh, hell, I would not go with 33s. I would go straight to 35s. There's yep. actually no reason not to put 35s on there. So, yeah, Especially if you're going to do any sort of lift. Yep. Alrighty, so let's get over to Nikki the G. mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I just got a quick question. Uh, yesterday I loaded us our craps a lot in the Jeep and uh, heading to the vet. And uh, driving down the road, temperature's starting to get a little warm as we're driving down the highway. So, uh, I guess my question is, why do they call it getting your dog fixed when it obviously doesn't work anymore? All right, guys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Poor Sir Craps a lot. You need to quit uh, feeding him all that uh, bad food, all that greasy food. Tisk tisk. <laughs> no human food. Uh, well, it's hard not to. They beg so much. It's just, and, and they're so grateful to get it, too. 
Amazon.com and the Jeep Talk Show present You Bought What? what? Well, if you don't know what this is, you've been hiding under a rock. We uh, have a little deal with Amazon. You go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. It'll take you straight over to uh, amazon.com where you can purchase anything you like, almost anything under the sun, perhaps even the sun. I haven't checked for that. And anytime that you make a purchase, the Jeep Talk Show will get a few cents, a few percent of the purchase. It doesn't cost you anything more. And, uh, but it, what they, what it does do is it puts you on a list, not your name, not your number. We don't know who it is that bought these things. We just know what was bought by first going to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And that's what we're doing here tonight. We're going to read a couple of items that, uh, uh, listeners have purchased over at Amazon, uh, uh going through our, uh, our special link there. And, uh, Tammy, you go ahead and start with, uh, this first one. Yeah. And, uh, this is a Masterflow MF1050 air compressor, $59.99, prime eligible. It's a powerful 12-volt motor, inflates the tires quickly. It can inflate a full-size truck in under four minutes, 25 to 35 PSI, inflates a passenger car tire under a minute, <laughs> the same PSI. Powers directly from the car battery, includes air compressor, carrying bag, air filter, and needle adapter. Is able to inflate adult-size doll in plenty of time for that toll road camera. <laughs> Uh, Josh has one of these, yes. um, and he swears by it. So, yep. There, uh, I think that, uh, every, uh, forum I've ever been on has recommended this, uh, this specific air compressor. So, uh, and at, at 60 bucks, it's uh, pretty easy to throw one Can't in the back, wrong. you know, even yep. if you have onboard air, uh, when your buddy says, Hey, can I use your, your onboard air? You go, no. And you throw them this air compressor. <laughs> Right. And say, I want that back when you're done. So let's see, what what, what do we have here? Oh, uh, this is a uh, H3R Performance HG100B fire extinguisher. It's $121.40, and it's not prime eligible, but they do give free shipping. So this is a 1.4-pound black clean agent fire extinguisher. Its smaller size makes the HG100B just the right uh, size for placing it in tight, convenient areas on the floor, under the dash, or front seat. No thermal shock to electronics, no mess or damage to the vehicle uh, or surfaces. Uh, liquidify gas, extinguishes hard-to-reach fires, does not impair uh, operator's vision, and is great for cooling yourself off if you overinflate your adult-sized doll while driving down the tow road. See what I did there? I tied them two together. Yes, very good. <laughs> so just uh, go over there to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon and uh, then pick one of these things out that uh, these other people have bought. You know, everybody should have a, a good fire extinguisher in their Jeep anyway. Oh, definitely. We just found out what you bought. Oh, my God. I just can't believe that made it on the list. Can we skip the fire tonight and put the air on? It's really muggy here again. Complaining the entire show. I'm too hot, too cold. <laughs> just too right. red. Are you ever Got just right? Is the, is the porridge ever just right? So uh, let's start with Josh. Josh, uh, anything new going on with your Jeep? I hear crickets. Yep. All right. Well, that's time out for you, Josh. Now, Tammy, how about you? You got anything here to uh, report for our campfire side um, chat? Well, a couple of things. Um, I went in to take my Jeep in for her 10,000-mile checkup. Oh, my checkup. God. The well, horror. Actually, she's at, she's at 15,000 miles right now. Ah. Um, 
anyway, you're going to lose custody of that Jeep if you don't start taking care of it. Um, one of the things is my tire gauge light was on my tire light, the flat tire. Yeah. And my rear passenger tire kept blinking and blinking and blinking the PSI and Mm -hmm. I'd fill it up and it would go down. So there I knew there was a slow leak in it. So it ended up being the valve stem. Oh, good. Yeah. So I think I did something on the rock. Coincidentally, on my Facebook page this week, I saw a video of the Colby valve, an emergency tire valve replacement system. Right now, there are only 20 prototypes out there, and the company is looking to start production in September. So I think we need to keep our eyes out on this because this valve could be a great tool to keep in our toolbox when we're off-roading to replace it because it sounds like... Um, those rocks can tear up those valves a lot. You need to keep something in mind before you you go to use one of those things. Uh-huh. Uh, do a little research, uh, and I, probably what I should do before I talk about it, but hell, that wouldn't be any fun. Um, the, the TPM module is actually attached to the valve stem and is inside your, your tire area. So for you to use one of those valve stems, uh-huh. that, that big block of electronics that you don't see that's inside the tire is going to be you would have to push that inside the tire so you could use one of those what did you call it a colby valve so colby valve yeah you'd have this yeah i don't you'd have this nice tumbling noise (laughs) like (laughs) when my son pumps up the basketball and the needle breaks off in the basketball yeah except this is a much i I believe it's much larger uh it's actually quite quite large so did they have to replace the whole tpm module for that leaky valve so whatever I do, I don't know. How much was I it? I didn't know. It was $41. Yeah. They replaced the, the, the module. <laughs> okay. Cause a valve stem is, you know, like a buck. Uh, right. so that's the downside to those, the, to knowing right. the air pressure. Uh, I, I much would prefer just to use the old, uh, look at it and, uh, put the tire pressure gauge on it. Right. The other thing during this, another one of my dash lights, um, lit up mm-hmm. and my jeep wrangler i've been promoting all week thinks it's a cherokee because one of the lights that came up looked like a cherokee well they had it laying around from the 2.7 million they made i was right? so angry <laughs> it was almost like my d-ring again but it, my how rear, dare you <laughs> i know my rear gate was ajar. i didn't shut it all the way well see but, that confuses me why wouldn't they show a picture of a jar with the lid off I don't know. Because that makes so more sense when they say it's a jar. So it said my gate was a jar. <laughs> but there's a picture. It's mass confusion. It's like a Cherokee <laughs> and the hatch is up. Yep. I don't have a hatch that goes up. I have zip off windows and my gate opens, you know. Oh, know, that's right. So I, did, I forgot about that. You don't have yeah, a hard top. So I don't what, have a hatch. So what was a jar? My gate that... You pull open. I don't know. How would you describe that? The tailgate. The my tailgate, tailgate wasn't pushed all the way in. Right. It wasn't pushed all the way in. So my tailgate was ajar. Not wasn't, my lift let's gate. Just say it, let's just say it this way for the simple people. It wasn't closed all the way. Right. <laughs> but there's a picture of a Jeep. Yeah. A dash, and it was a Cherokee. Yeah. Well, you know, they're saving money. Uh, they, uh, they, they, just, they just assuming you have a hard top. So there you go. And with all those other little Jeep <clears throat> things, Easter eggs, they couldn't 
take the time to make it look like a Wrangler. Hey, I, it wasn't just, even square. I'm just telling you, it could be worse because the Cherokee that she's talking about is the 84 through 2001 model, not the new one. Now, I, I would really be upset if I saw a little uh, um, modern day Jeep Cherokee logo on my dash. That would that would be like I'd be I'd be replacing that. So what about you? <clears throat> well, nothing really. Uh, Jeep's running well. Um, looking forward to uh, the temps cooling down a little bit and yes. uh, perhaps getting out to uh, the Guadalupe National Park. Still need to do some research on that, but uh, going to try to make that happen. And we'll be telling you more about that because I'd like for some of you guys to uh, to show up either for the, the trek out there. Uh, that's uh, near the uh, Texas-New uh, uh, Mexico border. Uh, about 900 miles from uh, from Houston. So uh, looking forward to doing that in October. And uh, we're going to go down this long seven-mile uh, road. Uh, I can't remember if it's called a rancher's road or the farm road. I think it's rancher's road is what it's called. Uh, Got to get uh, special permission in the form of a key to get in there. And uh, going to try to take uh, lots of videos, lots of pictures, and uh Tell some of these people uh, that uh, give me a hard time about going wheeling to shut the hell up. <laughs> but uh, no, really looking forward to that because I've never seen a mountain in Texas. Damn it. I want to see a mountain in Texas and, and uh, how better to see it, but in a Jeep. Definitely. I, one of my bucket list items is to come out there sometime and, and go wheeling. It looks really fun out there. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, m- most everything is uh, fenced in. And uh, I found that while uh, taking the family out looking for a place to go off-road one time. Uh, it's, what do you uh, mean fenced in? Like, um, Texas. Uh, in a, as every piece Texas of land. Texas is fenced in? Yeah. Every piece of land in Texas is, is owned and it's got a fence around it. Like cattle ranches and I, stuff like that? I just, everybody's got a fence. Huh. Uh, I mean, we drove a long way. I was hoping, really, uh, more so than wheeling, I was hoping to get off-road and, and find some fossils for my daughters to, to look at and ooh and ah over. Uh, that, you know, it's just, you know, my, I mean, I know by their nature, fossils are laying around on the ground everywhere. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not everywhere, but if you know where to look, they're everywhere. And uh, I just thought uh, that my seven- and eight-year-old daughters would just find it amazing to actually be able to go out there and right. put their hands on these fossils that were millions of years old and we drove and drove and drove and I couldn't find anything. And, uh, every place I went was a fence. Uh, there was some beautiful country, but, uh, everything was fenced in. Huh? Well, here in Maryland, there is off-roading is illegal. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. All righty. Well, we ran a little late tonight, but that's okay. We had a hell of a show and, uh, we did miss Josh. Hopefully he will be back with us next week. And I want to take a moment to tell you the Jeep Talk Show is an audio podcast as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, we want you to know that the Jeep Talk Show is also available in audio-only format. Great to listen to while commuting or while working on your Jeep. Subscribe via iTunes, tune in Google Play, or Stitcher, and never miss an episode. And damn it, iHeartRadio still hasn't put us on yet. Uh, but, Shame. But I was told to make sure if we're not on there by the end of the week, to contact the fine folks at Lipson and they're going to uh, raise hell, they they said, or I just made up in my head. So speaking of subscribing, you can uh, now subscribe with your, with your money. Oh, whoop, whoopee, you say. Yes, you can contribute directly to the show via PayPal. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the orange button that says subscribe. And you can select 25 cents a week up to $1. I think it's 25 cents, 50 cents, and $1. Your account will be charged weekly. 
uh, canceled at any time. Even if you don't subscribe, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our show. And did you know it can take up to four days for your favorite podcast episode to show up on Apple iTunes? It's true. iTunes is a great free service and we appreciate Apple for all their hard work. But we want our listeners to get the Jeep Talk Show as quickly as possible. That's why we recommend that all of you you iTunes users subscribe to our podcast. No multi-day delay. You'll get the newest episode much much quicker. I think people people are actually doing that too, Tammy. Oh, that's awesome. Open up iTunes, search for Jeep Talk Show and hit the subscribe button and never miss great fun funny informative podcast <laughs> well said so uh remind you guys about the youtube channel uh, that we have uh, youtube.com slash jeep talk show i know some of you folks are video type people you really like the videos uh, i personally would have a hard time sitting still for an hour uh, long podcast uh, on, on the tv but hey we're here with video if you want to do that please go over there and do it uh and you know what every time we get a hundred more subscribers we get a cookie no, we don't. Cookie. No, you say cookie. Let's see. I'm doing Josh's part. You have to do my part. Oh, yeah. Cookie. Hey, we'd like for you to join the T- uh, the Jeep Talk Show team. We're looking for volunteers to manage our, manage our vast social media presence on the web. You can uh, be the Jeep Talk Show's social media voice. Send an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com to find out more. And big thanks to Ted McAfee, PAG Freak, for doing a wonderful job on Facebook getting the word out for us. We really, really appreciate that. And can I read Josh's part? I always like this part. Yeah, go ahead. That's it for this week, guys. Wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. Let's leave outdoor recreation sports in as good or if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly. Stay in designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. It's, I always it's, like that. It's spots, not sports. No. <laughs> I was reading it so fast. I know. Josh, so fast. <laughs> I just like when he says, pack it in, pack it out. Yeah. Uh, I like the part where he says, uh, that's it for this week, guys, because I know what the rest of it's coming. Yeah. You read something enough times. Uh, of course, I, th- I think you get practice where you can uh, read it the first time, and it sounds like you've read it many times. But that one, certainly, right. he's uh, he's done m- many, many times. So, hey folks, Tammy, where can people find you? You can find me at www.jeepmama.com. Follow me on my Jeep journey. Yep, yep. You guys have a great Jeep week. Josh, uh, get things uh, in order real soon. Hopefully, uh, things will line out for you, and we hope to see you next week. On episode 243 of the Jeep Talk Show, more groundbreaking in Toledo, Ohio, and a farmer in the UK uses his Jeep to stop criminals, plus step-by-step LED headlight adjustment instruction. We have lots of voicemails, listener emails, and Tammy talks valve stem replacement. Nate talks extreme, and I talk suspension lifts, gears, and transfer cases. Oh, no, Tony. My Wrangler thinks she's a Cherokee. I'm heading to therapy. (laughs) And it looks like the Jeep color war is on. Ooh, red Jeeps are sexy. (laughs) Yeah, we were about 29 seconds by the time everything was done. So it all will work? Sure. Are you good with that one? Uh, Yeah, I was just going to ask you the same thing. I thought it was perfect. I think Josh has been holding us back. I know. (laughs) 